are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Coming up on today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different from our individual team previews that we've had going on. We're going to kind of get into a little bit of a more all-around look at the conference over the next two days to end our week. Today, we'll take a look at the preview of the Big Ten West and tomorrow, the Big Ten East. We're going to have a big amount of people coming in to talk during this time. We'll have three guests in to talk about individual teams here today. More coming in to end the week on Friday, too. And, of course, there's a game on Saturday for us to get to as well between Nebraska and Illinois. I'll tell you a little bit more about everything we're doing here in just a moment. But first, our show today is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Rock Auto. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you by saying so in their little how did you hear about us box. Well, as I said, we're going to preview the Big Ten West today. And you might be thinking, Nate, we've been doing individual team previews during this time already. Why are we taking a little bit of a step back? Well, this is something that's going on across the Locked On podcast network right now. Every conference show is having on, like we're doing here with our individual team guests around the conference, each individual guest from around their conference to talk about their team. Give us a preview just real quick, a few minutes on the biggest things you need to know. So I'd say if you're somebody who's really enjoyed listening into our individual team previews every single day, maybe go and check out one of those other conference shows here today and tomorrow and see what you can learn about teams from around the country because you'll be listening into those individual previews here with us as we continue with them. If you're someone who has not been as tuned into the individual previews, maybe listening into your own team and another team that interests you, but you need to get a little bit more of a bigger scope on the conference, feel free, dig into this episode that we got for you here today. Again, it's going to be a whole lot of content for you in a little bit of space. Or if you just want to take a look around, of course, all around the podcasts that we have here on Locked On here over the next couple of days, there's all sorts of big stuff going on on our college networks to preview the football season. So go ahead and take a look. And again, we're going to get into the West side of the Big Ten today, or at least six out of seven teams in the West. We're also going to have a preview of the Indiana Hoosiers over on the East side from Jacob Rood. But in coordinating these setups with everybody and getting everyone set up to try and get this to work, we just had it set up that way that these are the people who had stuff come in for today's show. So I'm not going to test fate too much. We got six out of seven on one side. If anyone asks, if the bosses come asking you, we did all of the Western side of the division here or the conference here today. East is coming tomorrow. We'll have to flip one over from the West side as well. But we'll get to that here tomorrow. Again, a preview of every team here in the Big Ten coming over the next couple of days. If you just want that kind of quick hitting, everything you need to know, that's what's coming up right now. And we're going to start it here with me. We'll have guests coming in, but I'm taking over for some of these things as well that we're doing here on the show. And we're going to start at what many people think is the bottom of the conference here with the Illinois Fighting Illini as our first team. Now, Illinois is coming off another season that was 
far from a success. Lovie Smith gone after five years at the helm there. He was never able to really take hold as a formerly loved coach in Illinois with the Chicago Bears. Instead, he could not really connect with the recruiting trail and anything else. He had been out of college for a long time. But Illinois then goes and gets Brett Bielema, somebody who is quite the opposite as far as just resume and proven experience in Big Ten and college football goes. Obviously, the huge resume in Wisconsin that he already has in this conference. After Lovey Smith did not work, that experiment had to be countered by somebody who obviously knew his way around. And Brett Bielema obviously does. But he has a tall task ahead of him here at Illinois. Brandon Peters, the starting quarterback, is coming back. And that experience side of things really is the biggest strength for this team. We'll go up and down. There are individual names that we can talk about, about like who is some players who are going to be able to be good. Chase Brown is going to be nice. Chase Hayden, a transfer. Uh, tight ends Daniel Barker and Luke Ford on offense are going to be weapons too. There are a lot of experienced players coming back, guys who are going to help with depth. But a, a lot of colleges have that this season. There's all sorts of super seniors on this Illinois team that a lot of teams are going to have. But again, the Illini have that experience, and they do have an advantage in it over a, a few and other teams as well. So it could end up helping them on that side. You hope that Brett Bielema can coach, obviously. You hope that that experience helps this team this year. But really, other than that, the best he can hope for as far as this individual season, if you're an Illinois fan, is to be able to play spoiler here. Can you pick up a win that at least puts you on the radar for a week in college football? I think everyone out there in Champaign realizes that this is a full-on rebuild, including most of the members of that team. Now, they have, again, experienced players. The schedule is nice for them, so they may be able to pull out a few wins in a row here and who knows what happens they won't have to win that many big time games to even get bowl eligible but i think that may be a goal i mean that's always the goal for the rebuilding teams get to a bowl game again but for illinois i think fans around the nation or around the conference especially aren't really expecting the illini to be able to like get to that mark but with the way that things line up for them, again, just with the schedule and the fact that there is just so much experience coming back on this team, you have to think that that at least lines up for them being at least competitive throughout a whole game a few times in this really tough conference. Can it end up getting them wins? That ends up just being how it plays out. But we'll see how that goes for the Illini. Again, there's a lot of individual guys I could get into but there's a lot of individual guys on other teams that I do want to get to a lot. There's a lot of candidates, again, a whole lot of experienced players for Illinois who are coming back and have a chance to be really, really nice for this team. But it's just, again, a depth kind of thing. And there isn't a lot of like standout players that really, really help. The defensive line looks really good. I mentioned there's some skill positions on offense that look nice. But again, it's a full rebuild. And anything is really icing on top of the cake from week one. For the Illini, there are no expectations, at least for this season. That's our look, at least at Illinois. We'll now take you over to our first preview that's not coming from me here today. We had Isaiah Hole, the host of our Locked On Wolverines podcast, actually help us out with a preview of the Wisconsin Badgers. It's the number 12 team in the nation, according to the AP, and one that's looking to, again, try to make that step in not only getting to the Big Ten title game again, but trying to topple. Ohio State. 
We'll see what Isaiah has to say about it right now here on Big Ten. Going to talk a little bit about the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, a lot to look forward to when it comes to what the Badgers bring to the table. Now, obviously, not the greatest year a year ago. So there's a lot of questions as to how much was that the COVID year? How much was it uh, something endemic to the team? And I think most of us agree that, obviously, Wisconsin uh, is much better than what they showed a year ago. So very excited to see what the Badgers bring to the table. There are, it's a senior-laden team, uh, or really upperclassman-laden team. You look up and down the depth chart, there's only a handful, three guys across the entire uh, projected starters who are under, essentially, a third year. Because even Graham Mertz is entering his third season in Madison. But really, it's Jalen Berger, and uh, you have right guard Jack Nelson, who's a redshirt freshman, and outside of that, Nick Herbig, the sophomore outside linebacker. So it's a pretty impressive roster, and experience almost always translates into results. So really excited to see what comes of that. Obviously, one of the big things is Graham Mertz. We've seen flashes of what he can do looked brilliant in the first couple games of 2020, but then things kind of fell off a little bit uh, when they weren't playing either Illinois or, or Michigan. Uh, so there's a lot to really like about him. He's the former five-star. Now he's got a little bit of taste of experience, which is, like I just said, something that you generally can't beat. But uh, outside of that, they do have a really, really difficult schedule. And that is what... Uh, what makes me a little bit leery, not, not to say that I'm, I'm projecting that Wisconsin is a, a yet again a 10-game winner and is likely to win the Big Ten West, but opening up against Penn State to start the season, hosting, uh, going to play Notre Dame at Soldier Field in Week 3, uh, obviously you've got that Michigan game right after that, a couple weeks after that, that's a home game, uh, just like the Penn State game is. Uh, to me, also, one of the, the harder games on the schedule could be that Army game in the middle. Now, you never know what you're going to get from Army. But at the same time, uh, because they played the triple option and the fact that it's in the middle of the schedule, you have to completely change up what you're trying to do. Uh, Army has come really close to taking down some Giants. Uh, several years ago, Oklahoma really had to go to the wire. Michigan went to overtime against, uh, uh, against Army. So there's, that could be a little bit of a trick. That can be a little, a uh, little bit of an issue. Uh, obviously, they escape Ohio State, uh, which is the good news. But uh, and they have a lot of their harder games at home. Like I mentioned, Penn State, Michigan. Uh, they uh, they play Iowa at home. They play Northwestern at home. They do travel on the road to Minnesota, and it's going to be a big question as to what Minnesota is going to be if they're going to be a challenger like they were a couple years ago, or if they somewhat roll over like they did last year so the schedule is not the easiest but all, most of their big games are at home which provides me with a little bit of confidence of what the Badgers are going to be able to do again the experience I think is really difficult to to overlook uh even a guy like Jalen Berger uh I, I would be hard-pressed to anoint him the second coming of Jonathan Taylor like I've seen some outlets do it feels like that's maybe a little premature but at the same time, uh, I, I think Jalen Berger is really good. 
I, I think that you've got a senior, potentially a senior-laden, fifth-year senior-laden offensive line, uh, aside, aside from that right guard spot. You still bring back Danny Davis. Uh, so that's, uh, and, and Kendrick Pryor, no less. And you also have that excellent outlet in Jake Ferguson at the tight end. So to me, this, is, this has the look of a vintage Wisconsin team. Uh, you hope that they pass the ball a little bit more than what you expect, just given the fact that you have those redshirt seniors, those fifth-year guys, and both Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. You've got a guy who can pass the ball in Graham Mertz. It's a little bit different than having Jack Cohn back there, right? You can really stretch the field. And that should hopefully give uh, Jalen Berger a little bit of an opportunity to get into a rhythm, figure out what he is all about. And uh, I think that's that's really important defensively. I mean, you've just got so much experience. You've just got so many guys that have been in the thick of it before. Uh, so I, I, to me, it's still going to be kind of vintage Wisconsin, essentially what we're accustomed to seeing. I expect this Badgers team to get loads better than what we saw last year. The only issue is that schedule, having to play Penn State, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, and Army. Those are teams that they don't necessarily always have to face. It's a tough non-conference and or uh, also the idea of you've got two of the top teams from the East Division. So it's going to be anybody's guess as to how that all plays out, but I still think it's going to go really, really well for the Badgers in 2021. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Well, it's that time of year when you want to go out and take the car for a cruise, but you never want anything to go wrong when you're trying to relax out there on the road. So go on over to rockauto.com and make sure that you're getting all the parts that you may need for a repair or just an upgrade on your car at the best price and with the easiest route to getting it done, too. Rock Auto has everything that you might need for your car. They can make sure that the part that you're getting is the perfect part exactly that you need. And they cut out the middleman of either the dealership or the part shop that can upcharge you quite a bit. You'll get the best prices and it delivered to your front door right there at rockauto.com. Head on over to rockauto.com and if you end up using the service, make sure you let them know that you heard from us by hitting Locked On in their little How Did You Hear About Us box. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. We're doing a little bit of something different here for these next couple of days. Instead of the individual team previews we've been doing, we're going to give you a little bit of a broader look at the conference. Take a look at each division on Thursday and Friday. And we're going through the West here today. Next up, we'll talk Minnesota Gophers, a former ghost host of Locked On Golden Gophers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So I'll break down Minnesota for you. This is a team that, like a lot of other teams, has a lot of returning experience. But the Gophers have a lot of returning experience that actually played okay previously in the Big Ten. Remember, remember, Minnesota won 10 games in 2019, came back and only won three in the shortened 2020 season. But these Gopher fans are very optimistic still going into this year. Uh, Minnesota's offense should still be pretty good. Tanner Morgan has as much experience as anyone in the Big Ten going into this season. 
Muhammad Ibrahim was the Big Ten running back of the year, first team all-conference at the position last season, and has no signs of slowing down. The offensive line is just as good as it was last year and more experienced for Minnesota. Ibrahim should be able to go off in the same way he did before. Tanner Morgan should have time to try and get back to that form that he had in 2019. And Chris Altman-Bell slots in, dealing with an injury right now, may not be available for that opening Ohio State game, we'll see. But he slots in at that number one wide receiver spot after a good experience working behind both Tyler Johnson and the wide receiver Rashad Bateman last season, now with the Baltimore Ravens as a first-round pick. Ottman Bell had his fair share of standout games while those guys were sharing the field with him. He's poised for a breakout season. On defense, the Gophers struggled last season. It's a stat I've repeated many times. Only one game did the Gophers allow less than 175 yards on the ground, but that should, should change. The defensive line is much better, a lot more experienced and deeper. A transfer from Clemson in Niles Pinckney comes in, a former or captain for that national championship contending team. Boy Mafe on the linebacking and then end core is going to be explosive. One of the best athletes in all of the Big Ten. And Minnesota has, again, that experience coming back that you hope, along with the little additions they make here and there, that defensive line should be really good. There should be enough things to patch up the holes that were left by a guy like Benjamin St. Juiced in the defensive secondary. He was the only starter to leave this team on the defensive side of the ball. That Minnesota defense is going to be experienced. I think Minnesota has a chance to be really good again. It's just that there's a lot of teams in this Big Ten that could say that. We'll see who ends up rising to the top. That's my look at the Minnesota Gophers. Now we'll send you back over to another preview from another one of our Locked On hosts here in the Big Ten side of our network. I mentioned that there was one team outside of the Big Ten West that we'd have to cover today. Again, it's just the way that the schedule's worked out with the people that we have sending stuff in. We had at least six people, maybe even more, to try and collaborate over these two days of hosting. So Jacob Rood of Indiana's uh, podcast here, Locked On Hoosiers on the network, he sent in his stuff for Indiana here today. Did his work early, but we needed him here to help fill out the show. So right now we'll get you our Indiana Hoosiers breakdown as we get our first peek into the East Division here on Locked On Big Ten. What is up, guys? This is Jacob Rude with the Locked On Hoosiers podcast. And honestly, there have been few times better to be a Hoosiers fan than this upcoming fall. Uh, after a breakout season, really, a breakthrough season is the word Tom Allen loves to use. Uh, for the Hoosiers last season, IU heads into the, this upcoming season with more expectations than they've potentially ever had it's the first time since the late 60s that IU has entered the season ranked in the preseason poll it's been over 50 years since that has happened and a ton of that is due to the aforementioned Tom Allen who has really made a lot of fans across the country with his demeanor with his personality and he's built a program here in Indiana that has really rid itself of a lot of the the monkeys on their back in previous seasons. It's a program that is trending upward. It's been trending that way for quite a while, and it had its coming out party last season. And it's that LEO culture that Tom Allen has built, that love each other culture, 
that has really made this such a unique rise for the Hoosiers. And really, it had to be something unique to get Indiana out of the muck that it has been in for most of the time it has been uh, playing football, to be quite honest, and especially in recent years. Obviously, the other big name attached to the Hoosiers last season was Michael Penix, the star quarterback for the Hoosiers, who he himself had a coming out party of sorts against Ohio State last season as the Hoosiers nearly pulled off the incredible upset um, in Columbus last year. He's back this season after tearing his ACL and having his season ended prematurely last year. He's set to return and he will be under center for the Hoosiers this year, and um, he will be kind of the face of the team on the field while Allen is the face of the team on the sideline. Um, it should be it's set up to be a, a terrific season for Penix. He has all sorts of weapons. Ty Freifogel is uh, one of the top receivers in the Big Ten. Peyton Hendershot, one of the top tight ends in the Big Ten. He has some, some big-time transfers coming in. DJ Matthews as a wide receiver, Stephen Carr from USC in the backfield. And this offense is set up to um, repeat some of its explosive nature this upcoming season. However, the identity of these Hoosier teams under Tom Allen have always been the defense. And this is going to be one of the best defenses Indiana has ever had. Uh, two preseason AP All-American second teamers in Micah McFadden and Taiwan Mullen. Uh, Mullen is going to be one of the top cornerbacks in the Big Ten and potentially the country this season. Uh, something that IU fans have really never seen in terms of a defensive player being a standout to that level. Micah McFadden does a little bit of everything for the Hoosiers as a linebacker, led the team in sacks last year, picked off three passes, was all over the field last year, and is the leader of that defense. Uh, Again, a couple transfers will make their um, name on the defensive line. Ryder Anderson from Ole Miss and Jaron Handy from Auburn. McFadden obviously will lead lead the linebackers while IU plays five defensive backs throughout most of its time on the field. Taiwan Mullen will be there. Marcelino Ball is one of the more experienced players on the team. He suffered an injury last season, did not play, is back for his final year. One of the standouts during his time on the field with the Hoosiers and will be a huge addition to this team to help replace a couple big names lost last season. Um, There's a ton of talent on this team, possibly the most talented team Indiana has had maybe ever. It's certainly in that 50-year span there's never been a more talented team top to bottom. So exciting time to be a Hoosier fan, exciting time to follow the Hoosiers, and we are ready for college football. Welcome back to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. We'll finish up here with our little quick team previews in the west side of this conference in just a minute. But first, betting on the Big Ten, which is right around the corner, doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout special, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day every day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we've got a couple more Big Ten teams to break down here as we end our show. I will get back to you in just a moment with the end of ours. But first, 
I'm going to throw it over to Andrew Wade, the host of Locked On Hawkeyes. You know he always has a whole bunch to say about this Iowa team. We'll hear what he has to say as we preview Iowa, another team looking to get on top of the Big Ten West. Hey, y'all. It's Andrew Wade of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. I'm here to give you a brief preview of this Iowa squad after finishing the season with six straight wins, not getting to play a bowl game due to COVID issues with Missouri, not getting to play that Big Ten crossover with Michigan due to COVID issues as well with Michigan. Iowa finished the season, though, incredibly strong with a ton of momentum. They come into this season losing their top two wide receivers. They lose a couple offensive linemen. They lose three-fourths of their starting defensive line. They also lost a linebacker. Yet here we are talking about the Iowa football team ranked in the top 25 and having the ability to possibly compete for a college ball playoff spot or at least a big-time bull. And the big reason for this is the continuity of the back seven on defense. You have the linebacker spot, Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, and Justin Jacobs is going to be there as well. Justin Jacobs, a guy a lot of people aren't aware of at this point. Even Jack and Seth, people are not aware of how good these two linebackers could be. There's a lot of potential there. But that secondary, all starters are returning. Plus, they brought in a fantastic transfer from you and I who was getting some NFL look as well. And Phil Parker always has this defense ready to roll. The biggest question is, can that defensive line play as well as they have done the last three seasons while replacing three guys every single year. There's a ton of potential. It's whether or not they can reach that potential. Zach and Valkenberg anchoring down the one side of the line after getting all Big Ten honors last season. Can John Wagner, a four-star recruit, a former four-star recruit, and a former quarterback walk-on, turn linebacker, turn defensive end, and Joe Evans be better than just a pass rush specialist? And can Iowa find help in the interior with a Noah Shannon, with a Wyatt Black, and several others like a Logan Lee? That is going to dictate how well this defense does. If they can hold rushing attacks to minimum, and allow linebackers to flow to the ball, the secondary is going to lock up a lot of people. Offensively, there are so many playmakers returning. You lose Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith, yet you return Tyrone Tracy Jr., which in my opinion, honestly has the best of both worlds. He has fantastic yak ability, he has the ability to go up and get jump balls. And it's kind of a mix of both those guys. The open field awareness is fantastic at former running back. Tyron Tracy Jr. is going to light some people up, and I'm really excited to see him on the offensive side of the ball. Sam Laporta is a guy who could be an all-Big Ten type player. Offensive line, if Iowa can figure out the two tackle spots, and there's a lot of potential there. I've referenced if Mason Richmond and a Connor Colby start at those tackle spots. This is very eerily reminiscent of the Alaric Jackson, Tristan Wirf days. Either way, Iowa known for developing offensive linemen. They should have no problem as long as Justin Britt can step up like I expect him to, to fill in for Kyler Schott, who got injured bailing hay with his, with his dad. The biggest question mark though, on this Iowa football team, the entire team is whether or not Spencer Petrus can make and take that next step. If he can, if he can even play average quarterback play, Iowa has the ability to have a very special season. If we get above average quarterback play, increased accuracy, and by actually, I'm not just talking about per completion percentage, ball placement as well, this Iowa football team could be a contender. They could be a top five team by the end of the season. Now, I have Iowa going anywhere between nine and three, or 10 and two and nine and three. I predict that they will lose either the Penn State or Wisconsin game. I also have them losing to Purdue. 
I know it's a weird one to have them losing to, but Purdue has had Iowa's number. I have them going 10-2. and two. You can make a case for several other games as well. They have Iowa State and Indiana early on in the season. Iowa, known for starting slow. If they can get out of that funk and take on Indiana and Iowa State, this is a team to watch out for for big-time things to be happening towards the end of the season. That's my take on the Iowa football team, giving you a brief preview of this team led by Kirk Ferentz. As always, you can find me every single day at Locked On Hawkeyes. We are on every podcast network you can find, and we're going to be on YouTube soon as well, so stay tuned for that. Thank you all, and go Hawks. Thanks again to Andrew Wade of Locked On Iowa and the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for giving us that preview here of Iowa. As we finish up the show, one more team left to talk about here on the Western side before we switch over to the East tomorrow, and that's the reigning champions, the Northwestern Wildcats. It's a team that's coming into this season without the expectations of a reigning champion of the Western Conference in the Big Ten. Picked to finish middle of the pack in this division. Northwestern did lose a lot of talent from last season, but has some good stuff coming back too. Of course, the big questions at quarterback. Hunter Johnson was named the quarterback of this team. He was named a captain of this team. So he's impressed Pat Fitzgerald. He's impressed his teammates. Can he impress everybody in the Big Ten and do enough to win Northwestern football games? I have no idea what to think about this guy at quarterback. He's someone who threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns when he was playing in 2019. But I believe in Pat Fitzgerald. And I believe in his ability to sense out the guys who, at the very least, are going to do the right things to make sure that they're able to do whatever it is their skills let them. You know, like maybe Hunter Johnson isn't a good enough quarterback, but it's not going to be because he didn't do everything along the way that he needed to. If Pat Fitzgerald believes in this guy, I believe in what this guy is doing as far as the work that he's putting in on the field. But again, that stat line isn't impressive. When you look back at what he was able to do when he played for this team before, he was not the starter for this team last season in 2020. He had to earn this starting job in camp, and and until he proves himself on the football field, I think any skepticism around him is completely fair. There's no reason to think that Hunter Johnson's going to be able to do it with the best of the Big Ten. Northwestern was the best of the Big Ten last season. And Pat Fitzgerald is trying to get to a point where that team can be a best in the Big Ten team every single season, where it does not have three and nine seasons in between trips to Big Ten championship games. If Hunter Johnson can be good, that's a big step toward getting there. If he's not, and this team ends up going under 500 like some are projecting it to do this season, then Northwestern's kind of looking like just an up and down squad. Pat Fitzgerald recruiting well and recruiting well enough to be able to stay on top of this conference and coaching well enough and doing it all well enough to do all of that Uh, again I believe in Pat Fitzgerald he's passed pretty much every test that he's had at this school so far but becoming great is another story and Pat Fitzgerald has to be able to keep it up to be able to become great that starts at the quarterback position and I got a little bit off track there but moving on to more on the field stuff The question in the defensive side of the football for Northwestern is can they defy that logic of it all starts in the trenches? Because the biggest question mark on this defense is that defensive line. The biggest strength, of course, is in that defensive backfield. You've got Brandon Joseph in there, the All-American 
safety. Linebacking core, very, very solid. Everyone up and down is good. That defensive line is the only thing that has questionable holes in it. There's a whole lot of answers here for Northwestern to the questions that are around this team. That's the good thing. It could be that just the guys who come in at defensive line are good enough. It could be that guys in the defensive backfield like Joseph are just so locked down that the defensive line is able to hide some of its holes. It could be a number of different things that is the reason why Northwestern is still able to be good this season. But the questions are still there, and they just haven't been answered yet. So we could be thinking after week two, oh, well, why were we ever even doubting Northwestern? Obviously, this would happen, this would happen, this would happen, and everything would be fine. But it just hasn't happened yet. And I don't know which thing will happen or if Western to being a good football team again actually go down. That's the only thing with this team. And when the Big Ten's as good as it is, when you have even those question marks around you, you'd start to fall down in the projections. Northwestern's going to be playing with a chip on its shoulder. One, because Pat Fitzgerald's always going to have that there for their team. And two, because, again, I feel like this team has every reason to be saying to itself, why can't these people start believing that we can keep on doing it? We'll see if they can, of course, as the season continues. That'll do it for Locked On Big Ten here today. We're back tomorrow on a Friday to go over the east side of the conference. And, of course, that one west school. We had Indiana sneak in here on our day today. We'll have more Locked On hosts from around the Locked On Big Ten network in to chat about the teams. That's all coming up tomorrow. Here to wrap up the week, you've been listening in to Locked On Big Ten.